Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we're selling on ourselves. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're here doing the Zoom thing again. So apologies if there's some weird delays or overlaps or echoes. It's 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 interesting getting to do it in the comfort of our own home, though. I li- I like it. Yeah, I don't love it all the time, but I like it. I mean, it's late. I'd rather be at my house right now than someone else's house. Not lying. True. Yeah, not gonna lie. It's not, not in this weather either. It's pouring cats and dogs where I'm at. Not me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it not? Is it not pouring cats and dogs by you? Not yet. No. Well, then maybe I would rather be where you guys are. It's like it's about to, though. I mean, there's ominous clouds out my window. Mm, the rain is coming. Blame so. it on the rain that was falling, falling. Who sings that? Nobody knows? Lily Vanilli. Uh, I was just thinking the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Yes, it does. Another uh, one that I don't know. Audrey Hepburn. You don't know My Fair Lady? Uh, Nope. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys are going to have to like educate me hardcore. We should just dedicate a whole whole day to it. Yeah. Yeah, At at least a a day. But you know how you can listen to podcasts or books on a little bit quicker so you can get through them quicker? I think Mm -hmm. that's how we need to figure out if we watch a movie with you, because there's so many movies we need to watch, we need so to do it on a little bit quicker speed. Like, like Princess Bride. Have you seen that? Um, a long time ago. I couldn't tell you what it's about specifically. Okay. Um, um, what, West Side what Story. Else? West Side Story. Have you seen that? Never. <gasps> Is oh that the God. one where they're all singing and dancing and they're when like the rival gangs, like the Jets and the Sharks? Your first cigarette to your last dying day. And did you say you've never seen a Christmas story? I've seen a Christmas story, but I absolutely detest it. You'll shoot your eye out. I don't know. I'm not into it. Um, what about Raising Arizona? Never seen it. Say anything. Say anything? The movie? Yeah. Oh, yes. no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I've seen Batman and Robin. <laughs> I've (laughs) I've seen uh, I've seen an American in Paris. I have Uh not seen that. That that was really good. Um, How about Amelie? Have you seen Amelie? Speaking of Paris, no, that's a good one. Have you seen the Godfather's movies? I've seen all three of them. I've seen the first one multiple times. Yeah, only the first two count. Okay. And I've also watched Scarface probably about 10 times. So does that make up for anything? Or does that just kind of tell you how fucked up I am? Have <laughs> you seen Goodfellas? 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 I've seen Goodfellas before. I've seen The Italian Job. I like okay, so all of like those kinds of... Girl. You're like I kind of do mafia. like that. And yeah, there's also Johnny this Brasco. movie. There's also this movie called Mafia. And it's a... Um, parody on mafia movies. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's actually really hard to find this movie. I can't find it on any streaming services. I've been looking, but it's hilarious. Is Joe Pesci I would like to see that. And, or is Robert De Niro and who's the real pretty girl that was in Greece too? Michelle Pfeiffer? Uh-huh. Are you asking if they're in it? Yeah. 
I it doesn't matter. I have one more mafia movie that is like probably my favorite, and it's called A Bronx Tale. Have you seen that? No, isn't oh. that with Jackie Chan? No, it is. Oh. With, uh, it's so good. You got to watch it. If you like mafia movies, that's one of the t- the best. So it's everybody good. who's listening right now, seriously, you guys, if you guys have suggestions on movies that I also need to watch to become cultured, um, please let, let me know. I will honestly add them to a list. And half the time I'm like, I don't even know what to watch. So I need these suggestions. I have plenty of time to watch them. Send them to me. Breakfast Club? Uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, okay. Oh, Breakfast Club is a classic. Classic yeah, John Hughes candles. movie. Yeah, 16 Candles. Uh, no. <gasps> oh! I know. I know. Anybody, anytime anybody makes a reference to that, I'm like, man, I'm so embarrassed. I haven't seen um, uh, Breakfast Club or 16 Candles, and I feel like those are like cult classics. For, and I'm Pretty just, in Pink. Never seen and that. I didn't like Pretty in Pink that much. But anyways, what's our first thought wrong? Who has first thought wrong today? Hi, I'm Chelsea. I have first thought wrong. Sweet. Awesome. Hi, guys. Um, so, yeah, I actually had a first, wrong, first thought wrong that happened earlier today. I was um, celebrating my year anniversary. I was in a Zoom meeting and, um, you know, I was going on and on about, you know, the, 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 the people and the things I was thinking. And I didn't I didn't think um, my sponsor, just amazing, amazing, amazing woman. You might know her. <laughs> and, um, you know, my first thought wrong, you know, after, after kind of saying my little spiel and they moved on to the next person, I, I realized I didn't thank her. And I, I felt like, uh, you know, someone that got up on the stage and, you know, to get their, their Oscar and they didn't think, you know, didn't think a key person on their team. So, um, definitely was trying to figure out what to do, put something in the chat, send it, send a note. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of self-judgment and, um, you know, embarrassment and just kind of a little thing, but I, you know, my mind wanted to take it to the next level. So I uh, got an opportunity later to, to say thank you, but, um, that probably wasn't even, wasn't even a thing, but I, I made it a thing in my mind. So it just, uh, a good reminder that, um, you know, to, to, that nothing's permanent. You can always, you can always, uh, say the next right thing (laughs) that's right and nobody's Um, gonna sit there and judge you and nobody else has a list that's like oh chelsea forgot to thank this person or this person (laughs) right well i I jokingly said yes i was pissed i was hurt and i took it personally (laughs) Um, (laughs) of course none of those things and if you're wondering um it's lynn i'm her sponsor and i was just so happy i mean i we've both been on this pink cloud because i had an anniversary last week too and just i'm so proud and happy for you chelsea um, and that's what it's about. It's about you and, and, and what you're doing with your higher power. It has not, you know, I'm just a vessel and a, and a friend helping. That's how I see it. Thank you. I, I, I want to congratulate you too. I want to yeah. congratulate. Well, we've been, we have a lot of things going on this month, but, um, but yeah, so. Thank it's you, almost Chelsea. over. Three years. Three. Three is a magic number. Amazing. And how do you guys get three years? Is it because you guys try to do the next right thing all the time? What I have found, and um, 
the lessons I keep learning over and over is that I don't have to worry about the big picture. I don't have to worry about trying to fix, manage, and control everything if I just take care of the next thing and, and do it, do the next right thing. Wow, that sounds like a great topic for a podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to know something even crazier? I found a definition for do the right thing. Well, I can't wait to hear it. It's exciting. I found so much stuff, guys. I'm, I'm like beside myself. I'm so excited. So to do the right thing meant, means to make a choice among possibilities in favor of something the collective wisdom of humanity knows to be the way to act. One more time. Okay. It means to make a choice among possibilities in favor of something the collective wisdom of humanity, which is like your society, cultural, um, knows to be the way to act. Silence. Well, so, because we were all brought up with morals and values. Morals and ethics. Well, some of us were. Well, apparently, like, collectively, I think as it, I, well, yeah, true, true. I'm just being, I'm just being a smart ass. No, but I'm like, you're kind of right, though. You know, some of us were and some of us weren't. But I think, like, collectively, even if you don't have the right values, morals, or ethics, you know what the right ones are. You just don't choose to always necessarily choose them or right. practice them. Well, Strangely enough, Brie, I did find something about doing the right thing and um, our collective ethics. And um, there's a couple of checklists, but one of the the ones that I found, this was in recovery. It's called doing the right thing. And you're asking yourself these questions. Um, Could it hurt anyone? Is it it fair? Does it actually trouble your conscience? Does it violate the golden rule, which is doing to others as you would have them do unto you? And how would the individual feel about this action after they performed it? That's defining doing the right thing, the next right thing. Okay, so not to be a, a stickler. Yeah, but, do it. But sometimes the collective ethics aren't necessarily right, in my Correct. opinion. So I mean, that's, it's that's also true. very subjective. Um, so... I like those questions. Those questions kind of clarify that. And, um, and I think what's really cool about the 12 step program that we work is that we have principles. We have underlining principles that guide us because in the big book, it, uh, it says that we are undisciplined and we are selfish and self-centered. So I think that we have a, our, our group, if you will, has a, uh, a set of. Yeah. It, it kind of, it tells us what to do. And I did find another, um, thing in recovery, do the right thing. And it's real simple. It's being kind to others, being as authentic as possible, trying to be useful. And then the last one is it all depends because it all depends on the situation in the moment. And this reminded me of, um, uh, for agreements. Yeah. You know, and, and I think Vicki, you made a really great point about just that the collective isn't always, you know, depending on, on where you are in, in history and the time. Um, but there are, seems like there are some universal truths. Uh, I, it, it reminded me too. I know the Rotary club has been around since the early 1900s and 
they have a four-way test that's kind of similar. It talks about, is it true? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all of those people concerned? So I think there's some like universal things that maybe go across time mm -hmm. and space um, that aren't so much like collective, but, but that seem to come out in different programs. Here's, here's my parenting 101, what I did when my kids were little. And um, I guess if, if, if one of them was a psychopath or something, the, the empath unempathetic one, um, it wouldn't have worked. But what I said was, if it feels weird, if it feels funny in your tummy when you do something, or if you just feel that cringe, right? those cringeworthy moments where, oops, I shouldn't have said that, like like um, the, the, the lack of filter that I have often. You know what I'm saying? It's that you know when you've done something wrong or, or not so nice or unloving or I don't know. Yes, I do, but I don't know what else to call it. Well, yeah, when you go against your moral compass, when you do something that's manipulating so that you can get what you want, that fix, manage, and control, that's exactly it, Vicki. Um, it's, you know, in your gut, when you're doing something that goes against what you know is right. And a lot of those things we do learn through our cultural culture and society that's collective, we're taught by our parents, we're taught by our church, you know, we're taught by these institutions. But I think it's also just inherent in our humanness. That's part of that's a part of what makes us separate from other mammals. Does it though? Do okay, really quick. I have to chime in. I never had that. Well, I didn't often have that radar go off when I was drinking or drugging. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of things that did not raise on my own red flag in my mind to say like is that the next right thing? I don't think so. And my tummy hurts about it or whatever. But you're right. When we're sober and we are living principles and we're like in this right way of thinking, like that's kind of the cool thing about getting sober is your brain kind of clears up and cleans out and you've got a new way of looking at things. So that radar definitely goes off a lot more when we want to go back to our old ways. We're thinking, okay, how can I get my way in this situation? Um, but yeah, I didn't. I, I'm not going to say I never had a radar because I mean, I definitely did, but it was the, especially for manipulating people. I don't think that ever was like, Oh, you're being really manipulative right now. Stop what you're doing now. I, I see it. But did you the next day? So here's my question. Did you feel guilty the next day after a blackout when you found out certain things you did or when you remembered, because I can remember doing them in a blackout or like just getting to that and then finding out more of what I did and then feeling really like ooh, sad or bad or mad about it. Um, the next no, day. no, no, no. Cause I'm a, I'm a sociopath. So of course I didn't feel, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. Yes. The next day. Absolutely. Um, so good point there too. Yeah. The next day, the radar, if I could remember what had happened the night before the radar would certainly go off for sure. Ugh, those are the it's, worst it's, days. I'm thinking about times when I wasn't actively drinking, but I was so, I had absolutely no tools to live a healthy life. So the only way I could feel safe was to control things. And I did lots of things knowing that I was forcing my will on a situation because that's all I knew I could do 
to help kind of shut up that anxiety to quell that that panic that I had. So even while not actively drinking, you know, because especially in my mid twenties, I wasn't really a big drinker. I didn't drink a lot, but I was doing all the alcoholic things, you know, because my life was so crazy and I didn't have any tools to deal with real life situations. Great point. Mm -hmm. You know what else I think about, um, doing the next right thing. It's kind of opposite to our selfish, ways. It definitely is counterintuitive. And I remember I had a sponsor once that would always say, you know, when you're doing the right, the next right thing, when it's kind of inconvenient to what you want, she'd be like, it's not always convenient for you to do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, for alcoholics, we have to kind of push ourselves sometimes. Like you were saying, Vicki, when you're telling your kids, they get a certain feeling if they're not doing something that, that they know or when they're doing something they know might be wrong. I think that also mimics the feeling of when we are about to do something we know is right, but we're scared to do it. Like when people are like, oh, you should start to sponsor people. And you're kind of like, uh, uh, I don't want to sponsor people. But it's like the next right thing to do, right? It's like the next right thing to pass along the message and to help other alcoholics or, um, you know, when someone calls you to go on a 12-step call and you're kind of like, ooh, I don't know if I want to. I'm kind of scared and nervous. And it's, I really rather sit at home and watch TV tonight, but you don't do it because that's not the next right thing. So you got to be careful of those two queasy feelings. They can be very similar. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. It's kind of like with food. If it doesn't taste that great, it's probably healthy for you. But then again, maybe it just doesn't taste that great. Maybe it's spoiled. I don't, yeah. <laughs> <just> kidding. <laughs> that was a really weird analogy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I actually really like that analogy. I do too. <laughs> Doing the right thing doesn't always taste like ice cream. <laughs> well, okay. So I will say that the first time I was introduced to this concept, I was probably in a club not a club, a dancing club, a, a, a meeting club. <laughs> well, that still doesn't clarify a 12 step <laughs> meeting club. Um, and some, some, you know, old, old timer told me, make sure you're doing the next right thing. And I'm like, how the hell do I know what the next right thing is? And what? And I think that, um, I was so messed up in the head that I had to call my sponsor about almost everything and run it by her if it was the right thing to do or not, because I had zero bandwidth to handle any, any decisions of if this is right, if this is, it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. And well, again, it's what we talk about in recovery. We're, we're babies and then toddlers, you're learning how to walk. And as we're gaining these tools, to figure out, like to recognize the feeling. Is it me just not wanting to do something because I'm uncomfortable or is it not wanting to do something because I know it's not the right thing? You got to figure those things out. It's like, you know, when you're a baby and you're, you know, you're not supposed to touch a hot stove. How do you learn that? You know, hopefully it's not like I probably did by laying my hand on it. You listen and trust, but sometimes you got to do it the hard way. And it takes, it takes time and you just have to keep trying. Well, and sometimes it's just doing what's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. The dishes are dirty. I'll do the dishes. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you raised a good point about that too, though, Vicki, even small stuff. I know to get kind of taking what you're saying and, but making it very literal, I have to do the next right thing all the time. And that's sometimes combating my laziness, which is a huge character defect for me. You know, like the next right thing is to fold all of my laundry and not leave the, you know, not leave my stuff laying around the common areas and put my dishes in the dishwasher right away. I know it sounds so stupid, but it's little things like that in early sobriety when you start doing that kind of stuff and taking responsibility for that stuff. That's also part of the learning. I remember when I got sober, one of my first sponsors said, was it you, Vic? I can't remember. Someone told me that I should start making, or maybe I heard it in a meeting. They're like, make your bed every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, make my bed every day. You would think a 25-year-old woman would do this already. I did not. To not make my bed every day. So... I got that was the next right thing. Yeah, I got something from this woman and I think I might've given it to you. It was like a, do you remember? It was like a bookmark and it said like, it said the 12 things to do before you start your day or something. And it was make your bed, brush your teeth. I mean, it was when you're new in recovery, it was the basic thing. Make your bed, brush your teeth, ask for help. You know, the, the recovery basics too. Um, but really just a checklist and, you know, have you read that book, make your bed, always make your bed? Nope. There's a book that this naval guy, um, wrote, it's a speech. I believe it was a commencement speech and it's about how when people make their bed, they start their day off and they've accomplished something. So the whole idea is you've, you've actually had a win that quick, right? When you get out of bed, you had a win, you completed something that you were supposed to do. And that whole idea of being disciplined and learning these new skills, that's the only way we become not coddling around, that we become uh, better using our tools in a better way to make our life more of a beautiful thing than a messy, you know, chaotic. Chaos. Um, I, I've often heard that that is one of the main, the first tips of highly successful people. They say they make their bed every day. And it's, it's kind of that, you know, start the day out right. You may not do everything right that day, but you can start it out by making your bed, you know, and, and try to do the next thing, like brush your teeth. Okay, who makes their bed every day? Raise your hand. I do. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I, I have to tell you guys why I don't make my bed. This every is day. just sound, right? There's no <laughs> component to this podcast, yeah. right? So let's tell on ourselves, Chelsea. You and okay. I, Bree and Charles were the ones who didn't. We didn't raise our hands. In in my, I, I was afraid actually someone would ask this. In my defense, I get up before Dave. So mm-hmm. it's really Dave should get up and make the bed. I can't tell you. I walk into the bedroom at like ten o'clock, and it's. Like this, it's not made and I cringe and I'm like, well, I don't have to work in here. So I'm going to just, cause he works out in the bedroom. That's where his desk is. So I'm like, if he can stare at it all day, then good for you. I cannot sit there and stare at that all day. My brain would be a mess. Um, that's funny, Brie, cause I have a similar hang up. The guy that I lived with in Nashville for 13 years, um, I always got up before him and he never made the bed. And we had three dogs that were always, the bed was like their playground. So not only was it a mess, it was usually dirty as well. So it was like, it drove me. So I have a serious hang up now about having my bed made up. Yeah. I, it's a thing for you now. Yeah. 
Well, I had another thought. I remember somebody once told me, if you don't know what to do, if you're not sure what the right thing is, don't do anything at all and wait, sit, wait, pray. Kind of like what you said, Vicki, how you used to call, you know, your sponsor all the time and say, I don't know what to do. What's the next right thing. If you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's part of in, in the book where it says, when it tells us to start our day on awakening and this, this whole thing has been coming up so much in my life and uh, with my sponsees. And it says, we relax, we take it easy. Every day we're supposed to relax and take it easy. Now that doesn't mean be slothful. What it means is we don't, um, we don't spaz out and get caught up in all that. Oh, I should have done this. And what should I do? And so it's kind of, we have to, that's why for me, getting the discipline of doing those things is so important. And it just makes me think of this making the bed thing, makes me think of that girl, wash your face, how I yeah. saw that book. Like I, I've never read the book. And it was funny because I told Brie, oh, I've never read the book, but, but, um, <laughs> but I wash my face every night because she said, girl, wash your face. So I'm like, oh, it must be important. There's a whole book about it. <laughs> well I think you guys bring up a really good point just being kind of earlier in sobriety doing some of the basic things you know to the the making your bed building the good habits I think having those it's kind of like preparing for you know the real deal um but I mean when you get to those complicated things like setting boundaries I mean that's uh that's a whole new level of trying to figure out what's right pretty complicated so um, it probably makes sense to have like some of the basic things if you can if you can kind of handle the the you know the no brainers like the making the bed and it probably will help to kind of build up to um, you know the boundaries you know that's uh, that's a that's a great lesson that's my takeaway today. One of the the things I always think of uh, with Vicky that I've learned from her because she she says it a lot she hasn't pounded into my head but she says a lot so it really resonates is the the magic of the pause you know and if you, if you take time to pause then you have time to think about what the next right thing is before you just react and 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 fly ahead kind of all willy-nilly not thinking about what um those kind of ramifications could be of doing something without thinking and and being in self-will and just thinking about yourself and not what the next right thing is but what just what you want hey i like that you know, what is, that kind of goes back to what is my higher powers will for me? Yeah. Pause for the wisdom. Pause for well, the wisdom. This whole time I've been thinking about the serenity prayer and I know we did a whole episode on it, but when we were talking about trying to figure out what the next right thing is and, and, and it brings me back to early recovery because gosh, I remember being in that bathroom at my job and just praying the serenity prayer over and over and over again, because I wasn't sure how to handle a certain situation with a coworker or a certain situation with my boss. I needed to, to leave because I needed to go to a meeting, but I didn't know if I should tell. And I would be praying, praying, praying in that, in that prayer mantra time is when I would have my pause and I would be brought down to, okay, what do I have control of? What don't I? So I think that the pause, the serenity prayer, the next right thing, I think they all kind of go together. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Can I, can I read one more thing? I know I've been reading a lot tonight, but I found a bunch of juicy, a bunch of juicy, juicy. Um, (laughs) That's weird. I'm sorry. The phrase ties into the third step of the 12 step program is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the God as we understood him. Um, AA book states that most people live by self-propulsion. I think that includes most people on earth, not just people in recovery. How often do we find ourselves, yeah, feverishly trying to make the ends match up? We desperately manipulate details until we get the desired outcome. When I stop, step back and ask my God to relieve me of the bondage of self so that I may better do his will. I'm opening myself up to relief of details. I love this relief of details. It's no longer my job to work things out. It's only my job to do the next right thing. One act at a time. I love that. Yeah. To a relief of details. Cause that's my life was always about trying to take care of every single little detail because if I didn't, I was not going to be a person worthy of anybody else's love. That's what it's, I finally have boiled it down to in my little world is if I couldn't take care of everything, then I was never, never going to be worthy. Sad. And, and what a, what a release and what a burden Relief. lifted when, yeah. when we are, when I, I uh, and I probably have told this already, so I apologize if I have, but I remember being outside of that same club with my sister because we were both going and I would say, holy cow, who knew this could be so much easier? It could feel so much lighter. And, and I, in fact, even had a situation this week, this week. From last week to this week, last week I was in this dark place. I was struggling and I was doing all the things. I was disciplined and I was, I was technically on paper doing the next right thing. There was one thing missing and that was the actual surrender of my will. And meaning that I was still caught up in the details and I was still caught up in the results So one of my sponsors in the past would always say, you do the footwork, leave the results to the universe. Leave the results to the universe. And guess what? It seems like when we do that, it's way better than I ever imagined. And I know we hear this a ton in the rooms, but it's because it's true. When I do these things and I don't have bad motives and I don't um, plan out the whole thing, how it's going to be that chess match that I used to do with my whole every single day. When I am able to release what's going to happen and do things from a place, uh, from a motive of how can I best serve thee and the universe, the people I'm around, how can I be open and loving and kind? then the results are, are better than I could have ever imagined. When I don't, I'm uncomfortable because I'm not getting what I want. Here, here. Thank you, Vicki. That was beautifully, beautifully um, kind of encapsulated for me. Um, and that was my life, be getting caught up in the results. I felt like I took it on as my personal job <laughs> to make sure every little end got tied up the way I, I thought it was best to be tied up. 
Lynn, I can so relate to that. You know, I was definitely very preoccupied always with the results. Mm-hmm. And we talk about like the fortune telling, right? Um, always preoccupied with the outcome. And I know how badly this is going to turn out. Heaven forbid, I just let it go and trust that something that will work out. How simple. Yeah. You know? It reminds me of that thing that we read on Sunday, that quote, are we, are our preconceived notions, uh, is it happening because of our, what we think it's going to happen or are the results happening? What, do you remember that? Does anyone remember that? Does anyone have their book, Each Day a New Beginning? Yeah, I've got mm-hmm. it. Hang on. Because that was such a profound quote. Pause, pause, pause. Check one, two. Check to the left, to the left, to the left. Here we go. Um, the quote that Vicki's referring to, we want the facts to fit the preconceptions. Is that it? Mm-hmm. We, um, when they don't, it's easier to ignore the facts than to change the preconception. Who, who, who's the author of that? That is Jessamine West. It's really good. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like self-selection. People pay attention to things that just validate what they already think. So how do you really grow? How do you get beyond your, your current body of knowledge? If you, if you can't open your mind up to, to hear new things that you didn't think of already. Self-fulfilling prophecies. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. You want, you sabotage. Yep. You will sabotage it. Well, is it sabotage or is it just protecting yourself? Because if you if you have it set up to turn out the way you're thinking, at least you know those results. You know what they say, the evil that you know is better than the evil you don't know. Ooh. That's sabotage. That's sabotage. That's not allowing yourself the freedom to win. That's keeping yourself small. That's keeping your... your it's both. Yeah, it's bo- mm-hmm. it is both. 100%. Yeah. I just, I just, I said bandwidth and a hundred percent in this episode. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> I just love that we just came to the realization that uh, one of the, our defense mechanisms can be to sabotage stuff for ourselves. <laughs> I like believe it. I'm not surprised. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the defense mechanism of an alcoholic me. is to sabotage stuff in their lives so they know that it's going to turn out shitty, like just like they had predicted. Therefore, yeah. they feel better that they've controlled the situation to turn out like shit. Great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I don't understand the logic, yet so many of us do it. Yeah. Anytime you guys invite me to anything from now on, I'm just going to be like, I'm not coming. It's going to be shitty. And I just know it. <laughs> I'm just, I just know it. Just, I just know it. I would kind of do a diagram to map out the self-sabotage and then just yes. be like, yeah, I'm just not going to pay attention to that. I'm just going to do what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea would be the one to do like calculations and it's like danger, danger. And Chelsea's like, hey, I'm going to try it anyways. <laughs> I want a pie chart, Chelsea, so you can show me the percentage. <laughs> I've calculated my risks. They look horrible. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's a horrible idea. I'll be right over. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are probably are we yeah. in time. Are we, about, are we about done? I think we're going to wrap it up. Wind it up by, um, do we all understand what the next right thing is? 
Not always, but I'm going to pray about it if I know. Are you my teacher? I'll be your Padawan. Tell me what the next right thing is. Can I call you before I make every decision, please? <laughs> I'm just going to pause and wait for the wisdom. <laughs> Do you know sometimes as a sponsor, you when you don't know what to say, there's that's why all those sayings are so great because you can Hmm, maybe we should pause. And you know what I do during that pause? I call my sponsor and I say, yo, sponsor, what am I supposed to tell this woman so I can help her? I need to text my real quick. My favorite is, well, have you prayed about it? That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> now it's God's problem. Relief <laughs> of the details. Yeah. Oh, and the next, my other favorite thing is, um, and where is God in this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you know the answer always is, oh, uh, no, I don't know nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, not hearing it. <laughs> God, we're Chelsea, do not listen to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> She'll know one day. She'll understand it. Yeah. But it's it's hard. And that's, I, honestly, I think that's why the we of the program is so very important. Because right. one person can't carry the burden of life decisions, even if it's this daily minutia. Sometimes it's the daily minutia that takes me down more than big decisions. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. that grinding of, oh, I haven't done the dishes or I haven't, you know, I've been lazy. And it goes back to that purse being drunk, right? That when Mm -hmm. my life is a mess, I'm in chaos and I'm not, I'm not straight. Sorry to get all all serious and everything again. (laughs) Anybody want to share a golden nugget? Oh yeah, I'll share a golden nugget do it um I mean all of this was really good today but I like to relax and take it easy I gotta Mm -hmm. remember that and if it's if it really feels like a struggle it's probably not the right thing I think that's kind of what the realization when you were talking about that Vicky that's one thing I was thinking is like you know after we get sober the right thing isn't always like the hardest thing anymore sometimes it's inconvenient but you shouldn't struggle I like that relax take it easy don't spaz out and then um do the work and leave the rest to your higher power I need to be reminded of that constantly me too I don't hear that enough that should be something I write on a post-it note and put it on my mirror yeah my golden nugget is the relief of the details that is just the way that was written is so good for my head to hear, right? I will send you, I'll send you this article. I'll send everybody this article. Actually, we can put it on our show notes, can't we? Right, we can put it in really there. And, yeah. and it's just the relief of not having to be everything for everyone at every minute. Because one person, there no human power to relieve us of this. No. Not even our own, you know, not even our own self, especially our own self. Especially. And I I will reiterate again um, how what impacted me was caught up in the results. If you do the footwork, which is the next right thing, leave the results to the universe. The results are not your problem. I think, I think too, um, my takeaway from this was 
I don't think we're supposed to know all the right things, right? I, I, I don't think I, I don't think that's the goal of the program is is to know the next right thing. That isn't the goal. The goal is having that conduit that's open to the higher power or to yeah. our to the fellowship to have those answers. Um, to not be to, to have a conduit, not be a vessel for you know to not say, okay, I've learned everything I need to learn, and now I know all the right things to do. Like that's the that's the point is you're going to call your sponsor. Maybe they need to call their sponsor. You know, it's, yeah. it's to keep us connected. So we never think we know everything, right? I just said yeah. that. That was a nugget. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. It was one of the first things I read. It had the three things. And then the last one was, it depends. And that's really important. It depends. Because there's no, it, this situation. is not black. Yep. Yeah. Every situation is so very different. And mm. every person is so different. So what works for somebody might not work for another. Yeah. Well, but you know what works for me? Do you want to know what works for me? What? Doing this podcast with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> Lynn is high on podcasts. <laughs> I am so tired, y'all. <laughs> That's okay, Lynn. You, you've been really busy lately, so that is okay. <laughs> well, I am just, I, I, I am. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for all the comments from the people that will yeah, listen yeah. to these episodes and you guys tell us about moments, like your aha moments. That is just so cool because we're just sitting here being dumb with each other, sharing our like nerding out on what we have decided to do to get well. Yep. I have no less than 12 tabs up on my, open on my laptop right now. I'm so ready for tonight. <laughs> Atta girl. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for a great episode. Thanks for listening. Like us, subscribe, share, rate, Review. follow, follow. I'm trying to think of some other cute ones just like making up random words. Um, slide into our dms yeah slide into skip into our hearts slide into- <laughs> i and- have a really naughty 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 do it do it nope it's bad Bree's <laughs> showing us her technique <laughs> her al technique <laughs> <laughs> All right. Try out. Well, try out. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.